0: When the walls of your community get breached and the walkers start pouring in, you're going to be glad you have insurance. And that's why we're so happy that this post-show recap of Fear the Walking Dead is brought to you by our friends over at GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's skyco.com Fear the Walking Dead. Season 6, Episode 10, Handle with Care, is over. But we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Jessica Leese, and i I'm so tired of being lonely, but I still have some love to give. And so does my faithful co-host, the one and only Chappelle.
1: How are you? I'm good. Jess, won't you show me that you really care? <laughs> well. Oh, Well. Or that you handle me with care, I guess.
0: You <laughs> I, I, we are going to handle this episode with oh so much care.
1: Yeah, we kind of have to because this kind of gave me flashbacks to The Walking Dead proper, where about... By the end of the episode, I couldn't tell what happened and what didn't happen. (laughs) I thought we were having a princess moment again.
0: (laughs) I I would really like to see Daniel and Princess have a conversation. This is kind of a crossover event I didn't know I needed in my life until just now.
1: Would either one of them really be there? Like, (laughs) who are we talking to? Is Princess talking to herself? Is Daniel telling her things and then forgetting that he said the thing or thinking that he said something else. I think that that would probably be the most frustrating episode of The Walking Dead ever. And it's hard to meet that bar because a lot of these episodes are very frustrating. Yes. There's so much frustrating
0: stuff that happens in every episode of The Walking Dead. It's really like across the Walking Dead universe, there is so much going on that frustrates and enrages, but also, Amuses and entertains and gives us something to talk about on the podcast. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: I guess we should just start with the Daniel of it all. It's it's good
1: to see Daniel again. Honestly, it's been a it's been a minute since we've seen the guy. Is it good to see Daniel again? Let's let listen at the very beginning. My notes because I rarely take like very detailed notes, but I made sure to put right under the title. I love Daniel. Mm-hmm. I will spoil this and say that that changed dramatically throughout <laughs> the episode, and then I felt really bad for him at the end when I realized what was going on. But for a large part of the episode, I hated Daniel, and I I am a big Daniel fan normally, but man, he I don't know who died and made da- like Morgan Negan and daniel virginia i guess virginia died but they just like taking like full control of everybody's decision making because they have this like this new fortress and it seemed like they were screwing everybody else like over just because morgan doesn't want to shed any blood in his new like paradise i don't really i didn't like it i didn't like none of it i i was like okay Look, I am not okay with people ruling with impunity, being able to make decisions for everybody with no types of checks and balances. And that's exactly what we had throughout the entire episode. And that very person was mentally incapable of making those decisions. I was more than frustrated. I was pissed watching this. (laughs) Yeah, it was
0: kind of a lot. I, I forget like how much Morgan's kill switch grates on me. Where he's just like, okay, this is my moral code and all of y'all gotta fall in line with my moral code or I'm just gonna either leave or destroy everything. And then he's got, now he's got other people on this same path. The like, this is, you know, this is my way or the highway now. And it's. It's going to be a problem. It's, they keep saying there's like some bigger thing, like whoever blew up Tank Town, they, you know, they're, they're bad dudes. They graffitied up the skate park. They're going to have to go to hell. We got to, we got to make sure we're ready when they come. Do we care? Like, are we still going to be here when they come or will we have completely obliterated ourselves by
1: that point? Right. Or will Morgan have kicked us out of the combat? Yeah. See, he was all like, these are my friends. Like, I love them. And all kinds of stuff, like, two episodes ago. Now these same people, he's like, it's my way or the highway. You can get the step in. Like, Morgan, which one is it? Are we all this family that you have to sacrifice for? Or do you only care about Grace and this baby? Because it seems to me like you really only care about Grace and this baby.
0: Yeah, he's really, It's his focus is really narrowed over time. It's like, I, you know, love, community, friendship. Oh. The chick with the baby, I it's it's been it's been a rough ride for Morgan. So I, I have a question for you, Chappelle. How much time do you think has passed since the last episode? Because I think it's been a little bit of time.
1: Because June is back, mm-hmm. right? I assume it's been a, a while. Um, had I not seen June, I wouldn't have known, honestly, because it seemed like they could have essentially just picked up where they left off. All Morgan did was tell them, "Put your guns up." And come on in and we're not going to break any rules. Um, but like when I saw June, I was like, oh, OK, she's clearly left and like went and found herself. And then they went and found her and then brought her back because Daniel's having like a medical emergency. Um, we also could use a doula. Um, because, yeah. So I was like they went and found her. I wish you have gotten a little bit more of June's perspective. Uh it's an interesting choice that they went with uh, with Daniel's perspective here but I couldn't tell at first what the timeline was I have no clue do you have any insight into that I mean the only thing
0: we really have to go on is the increasing size of Grace's baby bump which it seems like it's quite a lot larger she is about to pop at this point like those you know those might not be Braxton Hicks But that you know there might be there might be creatures emerging from grace anytime soon. She's been around a lot of radiation. So I don't know if, I don't know what that baby's going to look like, but yeah, she looks like she's about ready to pop and she looked marginally less ready to pop at the end of the last episode. So I'm guessing it's been a few months and it also, it looks like they've built up a lot more Like you see Dwight at the beginning, like putting the roof on, like he's from tough as nails and you mm-hmm. see, you know, you see that everybody seems a lot more settled. They, they have, um, they have folding chairs and they have they have soup and it it looks like it's going okay. But I am consistently amazed at how wrong I get everything. Every time I try to guess what's gonna happen next on the show. It's like I feel like they're trolling me at this point because we said at the end of the last show, like what's gonna to happen to June? She's gotta go off and like, you know, be a Ronin for a while and like not deal with anybody and no, she just kind of walked over to wherever Strand is living. So yeah. she's like, I, I assume they must still be living at Lawton, but I don't know that for sure. But it looks like the group has split and Victor and, and June and Sarah and Wendell are wherever they were before. And then you've got sort of like, they're the sort of hilltop of the of it all. And then you got Sherry's people are the ocean side and Morgan's people are the
1: Alexandria. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we can safely assume that they're living in Laden because at the end of the episode, Strand definitely looks at Daniel and says like, just come with me to Laden. you know, yeah. it's fine there. And so for, they have to have had some connection with the, with that community still for them to know that it would be safe to take Daniel there. Right. Like if they mm-hmm. haven't been in months and they don't even know what that, like, are you about to go just inhabit that on your own without any type of like just you and Daniel about to go build it from the ground up and like reestablish a community. Like I have to assume that that's where they've been um, it'd be great to see Wendell. That'd be cool too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the part the part of the timeline that confuses me though is that if they've been there establishing this community for months, like why are they still so untrustworthy of each other? Like it's like they didn't. Des- they decided to have the hard conversations today. Um, of all, like 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 we should have been questioning Charlie's loyalty, right? <laughs> and how, like you know, but like today it comes up for the first time. Like and hey, what about Charlie? She's still here. I'm like duh. And then like Dakota. Is hanging out. She's just yeah. right there, like a, like a prisoner of war or just like a pet. Yeah, they let, her
0: sit in, so they let her sit in on the board meeting. It's like, they're having this meeting, like they do at the end of mocking Jay, where they're deciding if they're going to have another hunger games. And yet like the kid who murdered everybody in the last hunger games is sitting there at the table.
1: Yeah. And that's frustrating because you know, I want her dead.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah.
1: Be- yeah. And so because of that, I'm like, why is she here? And how have y'all all been able to sit here next to her? Like for, for, for months, I told you, I don't like that Negan just gets to walk around and walk Walking Dead proper. But now we got Dakota just hanging out. And I see why they haven't killed her, because maybe she has some type of insight into Virginia and like who these big bad people that Virginia was preparing for. Uh, but she doesn't really have any insight. And it doesn't seem like they asked the question before today. It just felt like this one episode was when they finally sat down and said, hey, maybe we should ask the kid who's just been walking around here killing people. Like, if she knows anything about her sister's plans, it felt like they just waited until the worst possible moment to broach, broach the subject. It kind of feels like that should come up sooner, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the first thing it's you like, want to ask this person is, like, okay. what is your sister talking about? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I remember this thing that she said a long time ago. I feel like this might have been important. Yeah, maybe if it was important, you should have brought it up three weeks ago. Don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Maybe this thing that I thought she was saying figuratively is actually literal. This feels like some Da Vinci code BS.
1: Right. We have to decipher the things that Dakota is telling us, and then we don't even know if we can trust Dakota. Now, us the the viewers, we know we can trust Dakota because she has nothing else to do. But the people who have like are living with this murderous child who is the daughter of a murderous woman, like, they don't know if she's giving good information at all. She could be trying to avenge her sister for all they know, and they're just forced to kind of take it and run with it and I didn't love that now from the from the episode point of view, I guess that doesn't change my opinion about the episode. I just don't like the position they're in, you know um and now that you've pointed out where, uh, the baby bump on grace, yeah, like she went from basically like oh i'm I'm pregnant, and it could be a boy like I'm pretty confident to like this young man is about to walk out, you know, <laughs> and like like with a top hat. Cause this is like, she's big. So I didn't even notice that at first, but yeah, like she's and like, like you said, these aren't fake contractions. This, this is contractions, contractions. Like she's out in the wilderness. They're called, they sent her out into the wilderness knowing she's ready to pop. And again, these are Daniel's decisions. I just want to be very clear that Daniel was, is not the one to be making his decisions. Of course they don't know that, but even the idea that he gets put into a role where he can unilaterally decide where these people are going to go and what they're going to do and what weapons they can have. I guess not unilaterally because Morgan is there. It's kind of like the right-hand man. But still, like, why do you give one or two people so much power? Have you not learned that that's how dictators like Virginia and Negan and, and Rick are made? You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't love it. Is, is the,
0: the message they're trying to put out there that it's okay to put all your trust in one person as long as it's the right person? Because I feel like that is not the message
1: for this point in time. I mean, which one person would you be okay with putting your your trust in of all these people, right? They sit around the board meeting, and they can't even trust each other. But for some reason, you trust Daniel and and, uh, Morgan enough to give them all of your ammo. I mean, don't get me wrong. Strand, who is a little bit more savvy, knew to keep his gun on him, but... The idea that all of you can walk in knowing that you don't trust the person sitting next to you, that Sherry doesn't trust Daniel and Daniel doesn't trust Charlie and Charlie. Doesn't, like, and they should not be trusting Dakota. And then be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you my guns. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, wh- where have you people been? Have y'all been asleep? Did y'all miss season one? How did we get here? Yeah. And it just
0: seems like a bad plan to put all your guns in one place in the first place for a multitude of reasons. For one thing. If you put everybody's guns in one room, that just makes it really easy for the exact thing to happen that happened, which is for one person to come and take all of the guns at once. Like at least have like several lockers on opposite ends. And also like, do you really not going to have any weapons at all when you've got a million zombies out there and it's very
1: easy for one of them to break through the perimeter? Like, what are you going to kill it with a folding chair? Well, we saw them killing people with chairs. I Mm -hmm. mean, I mean, killing zombies with chairs. It's crazy. It's like, you're in a pandemic and say, drop off all your masks at the front door. No, no. At some point you're going to need those masks. There's a non-zero chance that you're going to need those weapons to, pr- to protect yourself. And the idea that you could just like build a wall and say, this is going to do it. That's 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 kind of lazy for me. Um, the idea that they even bought into that. There's no way I would even agree to that. I have to now kill kill these like walkers with Random candlestick holders and menorah It's like a game of Clue. Like I killed the <laughs> walker in the drawing room with the candlestick. You know, like what? This doesn't make any sense. I've never given up a gun in a zombie apocalypse unless I am forced to. And Morgan is forcing them to do it. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And I would just
0: say, what about the zombies? Because I feel like the zombies only come up when it's convenient for the plot. I, if, <laughs> if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would never stop saying what about the zombies. I would say, you know, five years in, I'm coming to a board meeting like, hey, can you give me your
1: gun? No. What about the zombies? Yeah. Uh, How are we having a board meeting? Is there a sergeant at arms guarding the door from the zombies? Like, <laughs> Is it in Ro- like Robert's rule of order? Like at this particular meeting that we have to have somebody by the door to make sure the zombies don't get in. Like it's not rocket science here. There is an like an external threat that is the people. But there is always the zombies. Y'all are talking about the people, but the zombies are walking around ready to eat you at any given point with no rhyme or reason. They're just going to eat you. There should always be a contingency and that should not be like lost on everybody because they gave their their guns away because Morgan decides that he wants to rule with an iron fist almost. I just don't understand how we got to this point in in an apocalypse.
0: I, I don't understand why everybody's not just telling Morgan to go F himself.
1: Right. I mean they kind of uh,
0: do by the end of the episode, but not not forcefully
1: or stridently enough. Not fast enough for my liking for sure cuz I was yelling at the TV screen. I was like, "Uh, why is Daniel making these decisions? Who made who made him like the right-hand man to 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 these decisions? And then of course, why is Morgan leading these decisions? I don't think they he's done enough to prove that he can that you can trust him in a situation to make the right the right decisions. Um And we saw that this time. I mean, he put all his faith in Daniel, which in a normal situation would be fine, but there's no type of checks to make sure that Daniel is not betraying you. Like Daniel said to himself, we've all lied to each other. We've all had ulterior motives before. Why is Daniel and Morgan, you know, far and away above these people when it comes to like morality and and decision-making for the entire group? I just don't understand it. Yeah, and I
0: think think in the case of Daniel, it's like, well, he masterfully pulled off this incredible – this incredible ruse on Virginia that enabled everybody to get the upper hand on Virginia. But then it's like, yeah, all that proved is that he's really, really good at lying. And I I did think this was kind of like watching – it was like watching Survivor. It's like who's lying to whom and who's actually got the power here and whose plan is actually going to go off without a hitch. It was like watching – that John Dory Who It episode that apparently every event from here on out is going to hinge on, but with this layer of, like, Survivor and or Tyrion Lannister over the top of it, where we're all trying to figure out who's going to win the Game of Thrones. And it was really interesting to watch, and it almost felt like a cop-out that there wasn't actually a mole, and the mole turned out to be, like, the Smeagol version of Daniel.
1: Yeah, it, it was hollow. You know, yeah. it was one of those things like we were all on the edge of right. Like, which one can't we trust? You know, and the whole time I'm yelling at the screen because I'm just like, I just don't like that Daniel's in this position. Even yeah. before I knew about the, you know, what turned out to be sounds like dementia early onset, offers, mm-hmm. maybe. OK, so like before that was even revealed, I just didn't like the idea that these two people were running everybody. Uh, but then to find out that, no, there is no mole. It felt like the episode kind of led us down a path to nowhere, you know, like you could, that could have been an email. You could have just started the episode with, Hey, this thing is happening and we can't really trust Daniel because he's having a mental thing. And we could have gotten back to things that mattered a little bit more. Like I said, we, like you mentioned, we could have talked about June and what was coming up next for June. She just killed the biggest antagonist of the season. And then we don't get any, like, it's like survivor. We don't get a confessional from June, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) at what point, (laughs) Right. At what point do we see her point of view? Like this edit is is horrible. So I don't, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite thing to watch because I felt like it was just leading me off like several different cliffs and never giving me what I wanted, which was kind of like the confrontation, um, With Strand, even, Daniel is like, you know, Strand, how can we trust you? You know, and people are asking him throughout the episode, like, Victor, how can we trust you? And he's like, I'm the one, you know, you want to talk about Daniel, like, faking his uh, memory loss to, you know, uh, get the upper hand on Virginia. Strand did it, too. You know, (laughs) he he played both sides. But they're so ready to be like, Strand, drop your guns off. We can't trust you because of that thing you did with Virginia. You just seem to go where where the wind is blowing. What is Daniel doing? Yeah, yeah, Strand is like a,
0: you know, I did go with Virginia, but it was only so I could turn every single one of her people against her. And do I not get any points for that?
1: No, they're all like a likely story, Victor. <laughs> they they I mean, don't believe it. In Daniel's
0: case, I, I understand where Daniel is coming from with that, because we did actually get the reminder that this was a thing that happened, which we haven't gotten in a really long time where... Daniel's like, hey, remember that time you shot me in the face? And Ooh, I'm like, I, okay. I, I forgot. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Like, I, I'm glad that they're bringing this up again because it's like you might think otherwise like, again, yeah, maybe you should just leave this place and go with Strand where you'll be slightly more safe. And then is like, no, I'm not going with Strand.
1: He shot me in the face that one time. Yeah, and spoiler alert. Great. He still yeah. goes... His spoiler alert: He still goes with Strand. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I, I think that's always been an issue I've had with the show is that people can do things and then move move throughout the community like they didn't do it right. I keep harping on Charlie being there, Dakota's there, Daniel's fine with Strand being there. Like at some point, somebody should be holding the grudge and saying like, "I just can't deal with this person because they shot me in the face." So that was that was pretty refreshing to see that Daniel actually thought like, "Hey." Remember this thing that you did? Like, my memory kind of sucks right now, but I definitely have this prosthetic jaw, um, <laughs> this this cheek thing that he's doing. Where did do you get that sure in zombie the
0: zombie apocalypse?
1: I wasn't quite sure what exactly it was. What do you, what was it? It's like, like what was a, it made of?
0: It's like a prosthetic. It looked like, I don't know. I feel like in real life, if that happens to you, you get one and it's like made of silicon and they mold it to your face. But where did he get this in the zombie apocalypse is what I want to know.
1: Yeah, and is it made of silicone or is this just like a piece of met like a piece of something that he found and like it on the ground and stuck it in his mouth. (laughs) Well, that's kind of how it came off. It's not like he held up like a like a, a medical tool and we were like, Oh, okay, there's the thing. But it was kinda like he held up something that I almost couldn't make it out. And so I was like, Well, what is it? What exactly was that? I mean, I don't think they just have prosthesis laying around. So at what point did you get this? Who made it? Was this a June thing? Is this something you've been had the entire time? Or is this something that you've acquired in the months that you've been, you know, the time that you've been in this uh, new facility? I just don't know. They didn't give us enough. Well, it seems to me
0: that he got it while he was at the warehouse for all those years where we thought he was actually dead. And he, hmm. like, rolls up and he's like, hey, I got a cat and my face is whole. And It did seem weird to me for a long time that there was not more damage on his face after that. Um, but now at least we got an explanation for that about three years after I wanted it. Another thing that I thought was interesting that they brought up, and, you know, this show is one that reinvents itself so quickly and so often that it's funny to me that they're going back into their lore for this sort of thing, but Daniel brings up the fact that Way back in season two, he set a whole hotel on fire because of there was because Dark Kermit was on his shoulder telling him to basically. And it's like, oh, this isn't something he got from being shot in the face. This isn't something that he's like, it's like some kind of PTSD from everything that's happened to him since then. You know, it wasn't getting a bonk on the head and losing his memory. This is something that he's had in him since all the way back in season two.
1: Right. And And this is the person they have in charge. Yeah, just, and they put him in charge anyway. Yeah, like they know he did that. You know, there have been people
0: around since season two. Not very many, but there are. And they're like, "Yeah, he, you know, he put he set a whole whole ass hotel on fire, full of zombies, and was hallucinating that he was going to die in there with him. Then he, we thought he was dead, and he came back. And then he got shot in the face and disappeared for a very long time. And we thought he was dead, and he came back, and he keeps disappearing and almost dying and. Every single time it's like Voldemort, like a little piece of his soul goes away and he's just getting worse and worse and worse. And yet we still, because he because he's like willing to give up those pieces of himself, we're going to keep giving him responsibility and you can't do both things.
1: Yeah, this is a Morgan call. Like the rest of the people are not at fault here because Morgan is the president. He's running things and he is appointed Daniel, his second in command for whatever reason, knowing all the things you just named. And so, yeah, that's kind of hard for me to swallow because I'm like, well, why would you do that? And just just in general, I told you, I don't really like anybody moving without checks and balances. But it's definitely not like Daniel and Morgan. These two people in themselves are kind of like, oh, how did this happen? Like if there was an election, I don't think people were voting for either of them.
0: Um, To be fair, does Morgan actually know any of this?
1: That's a good point. He was not around. That is around. A good question.
0: He was not around when any of this happened, and I don't know why he trusts Daniel at all because he's. How much time have they really spent together? That's probably a better point.
1: Maybe I'm just messy and I like to talk, and so when well, it comes I, I down to that s- about you, right, right. But like Jess, we're hanging out, and Morgan walks in with Daniel, and I'm like, Hey, Jess, you know that guy? Like he burned down a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, like, shot in the face. And- yeah like oh my gosh like oh he got shot in the face yeah i don't know why his face is so whole but it's crazy like those are the conversations that you have when the camera's not on right yeah and it doesn't seem like that i mean there's a non-zero chance that that didn't make it back to morgan i would think that you would want to like someone who would have more insight into daniel would want to play catch up like hey just to download you and debrief you on some things that you might have missed this is daniel he seems really nice he has some, some, some problems sometimes. Uh, also got shot in the face by a strand. You probably want to know how all these people are connected. Here I am, the guy with the mess, and I can tell you about it. And it's like, nobody. there's no messy person who has all the info who wants yeah. to spread it around. There's nobody who just has to know, because I am the guy who always has to know. And so I maybe like, that's why I'm uncomfortable. Kind
0: of I feel like maybe the problem here, we do have that person. This person does exist on this show. That person is Al because Al is the person that was not only like cataloging and collating the mess, she was collecting it from everybody. She was making them like tell their whole life story into a camera. And she has, she, she has the tapes. She's got the receipts. So (laughs) I feel like the person I'm going to ask about all of this is like, okay, you sat down with everybody for an hour and got their whole story. Right. She's like, well, Mm -hmm. everybody except Morgan, he won't do it. Like, Morgan, we put him in charge anyway, even though he won't tell us anything about where it came from. Um, so she has all the mess. She can tell you, okay, I'm going to sit you down. Here's everything you need to know about this person. They did this and then they did this and they got shot in the face and they burned down a hotel. And like, why, why wouldn't you go to her straight away? She's the documentarian. She has the archive. <laughs> And maybe the problem was she was not in this episode because she and Alicia, who is the other person who probably has the most dirt on everybody. They sent yeah. the two of them off together to go on a supply run.
1: Yeah, that's one of those convenient writing things where it's like, hey, the ants, if everybody just talked to each other, they would have it. And it's like, oh no, we sent them away. <laughs> like, whoever could have prevented this, maybe just happen to send them away. Those two particular people, for no particular reason, just we just need to get you out of the out of the way so we can have a little a little chaos. Um it felt manufactured, um, just from a writing standpoint, because what we talked about with Josh last week was that our next goal is to figure out who the bad guy is. And they chose to make this a character episode for Daniel. And it was just like, that's a choice. You know, it's not, I mean, it could have waited. This could have waited until we addressed where we we're going with this, with this episode. It, I guess the only breadcrumb we got is they could be underground. Or they mm-hmm. could metaphorically be underground, who knows, and that's they it.
0: haven't yeah they haven't really they haven't done much except like they graffitied up a bunch of stuff, and that was it, we haven't seen a we haven't seen a single shred of these people in at least five episodes, yeah, they blew up Tanktown, but I had to be reminded like, oh, tanktown, okay, yeah, I remember that that was Luciana's episode, and you know West got stabbed in the stomach, but he's apparently okay and I always have to remind myself, yeah, that guy is Wes. He had an interesting origin story, <laughs> and now he just sort of sits in the background. He's the Scott of this series. Um, and yeah, oh, are these guys bad? I don't know. They haven't done anything. Like, where's the threat? Maybe they're just living their lives. Maybe they just liked graffiti, and you know what? It's a victimless crime. They are bothering you. I mean, yeah, it's a problem. if They blew up Tag Town. It looks like they dropped some dynamite. I don't know. I think maybe Daniel did that, so how about about you just leave it alone until the threat actually comes to you
1: yeah like it's they're gonna go looking for the threat that's that's wild to me you you know you your whole goal is to protect your whole you know whole situation your whole setup your um new stepchild in morgan's case and instead of you know like batting down the hatches i guess that's what they say um or like just preparing for the worst they're like okay how do we go find the people like find who Y'all are basing this off of information from Virginia who was dead. Um, You probably should have interrogated her about that in all the time that you were running around with her in the last episode, you know, before you left her with June. It'd be nice to ask, Like, well, while she's trying to speak to Dakota, maybe leverage that to find out who the hell are we running from? Uh, Because now they're running from nobody and they're actually going and seeking them out. It's a, a fascinating decision for sure. But like you said, they haven't really done anything to you per se to lead you to even believe that they're still coming after you or even wherever coming after you. Like tank town happened. Yes. But since then, where have they been? Yeah. And you know, that's been a couple of months now. And you have to
0: assume that they probably have the problem with Virginia. Are they really going to come after you? Because Virginia is not a thing anymore.
1: Yeah. Like offer her up. Like just show them like, hey, like, hey, she's dead. She's dead. You guys, it's all good here. Like, we kept the body just in case you pulled up. Like these are things that you might want to like talk about. Wait, maybe keep zombie Virginia. You know, well, she was shot in the head. She was shot in the, head. Shot in the head. You could yeah, keep her no head though. Virginia. Like just put her, her head on a spike outside your gate instead of the axe. Just put the head on a spike outside the gate. That's probably more threatening than uh, like I left my axe outside for you to um <laughs> for yeah. you to make oh, look, sure you know free weapon you know.
0: for you to kill us with. A- again, or these if you people have real, down the gates. Yeah, <laughs> real. Yeah, There's no weapons. Problems.
1: Yeah. this is not a, a thing you would think you would have to in, like encounter during a zombie apocalypse. Like when you actually have weapons, utilizing them should not be a like a like this isn't me a decision. It's we have them, so let's use them. But it's turned into like, oh, I have decided that you guys are not responsible enough to put your differences aside and live together, so I'm confiscating them because I'm Morgan. Okay, who told you? You could do this. You're the one with the axe outside. You're like the one threatening to kick everybody out. I I feel like let's let's show people like the first,
0: you know, from season three to season six of regular Walking Dead, we should show that to people and then say, is this the guy you want running your town? Really? This guy? Yeah. The one who was like putting live rats in cages and
1: baiting zombies with them? Yeah, that's what Al should be doing. She should be creating yeah. montages of like, like here are the highlights. Here's the Morgan tape. Here's the Alicia tape. Here's the Strand tape. Here's the Daniels tape. We all need to be on the same page. Yeah. Transparency is sometimes a very, very good thing, and it's hard to convince people of that. It really is. But you don't trust each other anyway, so you might as well find out what everybody has going on, so you like lay it all out on the table and then be able to operate with that knowledge that, hey— this is why I can't trust you. Or I could kind of see what you were thinking there. Maybe I can trust you. And I'm just overreacting because it's a very personal thing that happened to me. Uh, but we will never know that because nobody has created the like YouTube like fan cam.
0: Yeah. you need like they, you know, the watch this first, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you, you ever see the movie 51st dates. They have the video that she has, that Drew Barrymore has to watch every morning to remind her that she has amnesia.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Like, okay you're joining our community watch this first then decide if this is for you
1: right on onboarding this is like an HR thing you may yes. now sit you down show you the training videos here are the rules Morgan has set in front of us here's why we follow the rules here are the things you should know about Morgan if these are not okay with you please there's a uh, like a counter <laughs> there's a, there's a counter uh, committee that is trying to get rid of him right now please join us if you're yeah. fine with these things Go drop your gun off and go, you know? Uh so I think, yeah, if it would help if we had a little onboarding, as opposed to Morgan standing outside the gate saying, If if, if you can't give me your gun, you can go out and die.
0: Or it'd be like, Yeah, um, I'm not gonna give you my gun. I'm just gonna go home. That's but yeah. everybody in this episode should have just gone home. Yeah, like, oh, I think we're good here, Morgan. Why, I do, think why do they good- even need to have a meeting at this point? Like yeah. Not a problem. Cancel the meeting. Make it
1: an email. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing worse than a bad board meeting. Oh, my God. And mm-hmm. when I saw them. Yeah. When I saw them having that meeting, I was just like, oh, oh, my gosh, this could have been an email. But also, who elected you guys And to speak on your own behalf? That's the thing. These people are literally representing themselves and making decisions for the community and everybody who matters is really at the table. And so I was like, if you can't trust each other, then maybe this was a bad idea from Jump. Maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe you should go home. Go back yeah, to Lawton.
0: What can we talk about? Like the little cluster of people that are not at the board meeting. They're just kind of standing like 10 feet away.
1: Yeah. And that would be me over there, yeah. mad, angry, like fuming. Like, I don't want to say something, but Dakota's standing right there. And I really want to just shoot her. You yeah. Know? Like Dakota gets to sit at
0: the table, but, you know, girl with the cool hat is going to stand off to one side. And, right, um, I didn't
1: kill anybody. Why yeah. can't I be at the table? Why is Dakota there? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. She has, she may have some useful information, but it doesn't seem like it.
0: It really, it really does not. Um, can we talk about some of the bad weapons that we saw people killing walkers with this episode? Um, we need to talk about Sarah telling the walker to take a seat and then hitting it with a chair.
1: That was a little oh, extra. It, it was a little Power Rangersy, a little Like, bit. have a nice trip. See you next fall, type thing. <laughs> and then she, like, pushes her down. I, yeah. The, the, that was interesting. I I I heard that. Have a seat. And I was like, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. Is this where we? This is how did we get here? Yeah, and, and,
0: and you just know she's like, hey hey, you guys see what I did there? Yeah, you, I told him to have a seat, and then I hit him with a the chair. They're like, yeah, that's <laughs> great. There's five more zombies over here, and they all want to eat us.
1: Could you stop being proud of yourself and patting yourself on the back, and like kill some stuff? Like grab, um, I don't know, that centerpiece off the table and hit something. And, <laughs> They shouldn't have to fight like this. I, I saw the, 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 the little like, like kitchen chair that she used, but there was another weapon that stood out, and I don't remember which one it was. Do you remember what else they had? They had something on the table. that They had some kind of, like, candlesticky thing that yeah. I, I'm sure
0: I've seen somebody get murdered with in Clue. Um, but <laughs> I think, think we found the all-time worst thing you could try to kill a zombie with this episode. Which is? That is, is the, the, the saw you might like backhand the walker with the saw and then like try to wedge it into his head and like oh it's a saw so it's just gonna stick there and you're gonna have to go to get it (laughs) close enough to its brain it's gonna take you way too long do not try it and again like put something that's like a little bit stronger than a butter knife there in case you have a zombie like put a sharp stick like what are you gonna do a sharp stick except kill zombies
1: yeah, I I want I, I know we get a lot of great feedback from the listeners, and we got some feedback that, you know, people aren't loving this episode, but I would like the listeners, if you are so inclined, to tell us what the worst possible zombie-killing device that these people could have used is. I mean, worse than the saw, because you would think a saw at least has a pointy end um, or at least some rigid sides or something, something jagged, but there is probably, like, something worse that they could have used in this moment, and I would like to know, because a saw... Did not work. It was very floppy. It didn't have any force behind it. Um, And then, like you said, it just got stuck in the face. You have to literally saw to to make it work. So I wonder if there's anything worse than a saw. Because you would think a saw would get you further than the kitchen table or the chair. But I guess you'd be wrong. Because we saw how you have. sometimes you just have to take a seat.
0: Yeah, sometimes you just do. (laughs) I do want to give some props to Andrew Yu, who wrote in. um, And with his usual... His usual flair, he said at first it seemed like a lot happened, but really nothing happened except for Salazar relocating. This is what I'm saying. He also made the comparison to Dwight, um, looking like he's tough as nails, up there pulling his very best roofer lead. But he should have stayed up there if he's just going to try to kill zombies with a saw. You can't kill anything with a saw. (laughs) What is this? Stuff that moves around cannot be killed with
1: a saw. Right. You need a stationary target like a tree. You know?
0: (laughs) That's, that's really what you do the, that's what, really what you do with the saw. Um, I was happy to see the return of Skidmark. Um, Skidmark is exciting. Um, we always like the animal characters on the show and I thought it was hilarious that Virginia had even given Skidmark a job and deployed him to do some sort of good deed for Lawton. She had him like catching mice in a barn or something and he wouldn't do it and I thought you know Skidmark is all of us right now. Also I hate that his name is Skidmark.
1: I, I don't hate it. I like animals with like eclectic names. I really like animals with human names. Like, yes. Give me, like, Billy the cat.
0: You know, Vincent like, I like that. Vincent the dog.
1: Come on. Ex- exactly. Skidmark is uh, interesting, to say the least. But, yeah, I, I was shocked when I saw the cat. Because they were like... Giving away their weapons and then, like, oh yeah, like it's like everywhere at baggage claim or like, you know, <laughs> they're at the terminal and they're like checking their bags. Like, oh yeah, I have a pet. Here you go. Like, oh, okay, we'll take care of it for you. Um, and so that was, it caught me off guard. I had almost forgotten about Skidmark. Not completely, but almost.
0: I mean, you have to assume that whatever domesticated animals still remain in the zombie apocalypse that didn't get eaten by zombies at some point they're kind of few and far between. If one of them disappears, you're not going to question it too deeply. I'm not going to interrogate that. Yeah, I assume Skidmark is off, you know, he's at a farm where he can run around with other cats. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I don't need to know the inside scoop to where Skidmark has been. These people have the, the uncanny ability to keep animals alive, where there's like zombies walking around trying to kill the wild. You know, because um, Dog is on the other walking dead, yeah. and then we have Skidmark here. It's just like, you find an animal; these animals are very wily and reliable because they don't—they don't just randomly run away. Like, where's the episode where we're like, oh yeah, Skidmark was here, but Skidmark took off? You know, they may or may not come back. Dog, like, will bounce from owner to owner and, and like give them loyalty with no kind of question. Uh, but none of these animals have just been like, we haven't walked up on an, uh, one of like our pets getting attacked by a zombie at least not recently.
0: I guess that would be kind of hard to take be really hard to watch. I don't think I want to watch
1: Skidmark getting eaten by zombies. Is um, that where you draw the line? <laughs> we see. I mean, people sh- shot by children and eaten, and their brains ripped out. I mean, poor. Uh, like, oh my gosh, we spent a whole episode with Tyrone as he was dying. Like, I mean, there, there's. We've seen a lot. Are we drawing a mm-hmm. line at Skidmark? I I have a problem watching
0: children and animals harmed in shows, and I think I think a lot of people do as well. I. I Think that's why we've seen comparatively few child zombies. I think mm-hmm. like probably my top five darkest moments in across the Walking Dead universe have involved children or animals. Like RIP buttons, pour one out yes, for buttons. Please. Pour one out. Yeah. Uh I I honestly think there's something inside of everybody that's like, yeah, this probably does happen. I just don't need to see it.
1: Yeah, this show has desensitized me to that kind of thing for sure. Because a lot of times these kids have it coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, look—you know, look at the flowers type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl in a lot of situations. Um, we we have a lot of murderous children, and so for me, I'm a, a like even with Dakota, I'm like she can go, she can go in a painful way, and I wouldn't mind watching it. But in my normal life and with every other show that I've ever watched, no, I never want to see a child or an animal harmed. But these children are horrible sometimes. Um, but the animals don't seem to be bothering anybody, so I'm happy that we haven't seen it. It just seems like so interesting that we can watch all these people in constant like blood and guts and gore and viscera all the time, and it's like, oh, but please don't touch that cat,
0: you know? Yeah, Leave buttons alone, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think I like the, the. I think for a lot of people, especially, I think animals are kind of adjacent to children in that regard. And you can get some children, like you grow up fast in the zombie apocalypse. You can get some children that do some things that earn them that right, but you're not going to ever see an animal earn that right.
1: Right. Oh, Jess, I have a question. Mm. When, when throughout the episode, did you know that, like when did it hit you that Daniel wasn't right? Right? Like he was completely off.
0: I think the point at which he comes in and matter of factly says, oh yeah, I created the breach so that I could find out who was, who had the weapons. And that's like, you're either playing 4D chess, like you're really going to gamble with people's lives. I don't, I, I, I think we're not, I, I'm not prepared to say that anybody is going to be that callous with the lives of the people in their community.
1: Yeah. And I had way less faith in Daniel. I was like, he's off his rocker. This guy sucks. We need to, like, we got to get him out of here. I don't care. I didn't like none of that. The I didn't realize that he was having like a, a mental struggle at that moment. I didn't realize it until they were looking at the map and Daniel's saying, Oh, I told you to go over here. And they're like, No, Daniel, you told us to go this way. He's like, No, 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 no. I drew it on the map, you guys. Like, you're so dumb. Like, I know y'all heard me. Charlie, why don't you, ba- Charlie, the most trustworthy person here, why don't you vouch for me? And Charlie's like, Nope, can't vouch for you. And I started thinking, Well, if Charlie doesn't believe him, that doesn't really tell me much. I'm still skeptical here. <laughs> when they pull out the map, I'm like, All right. <laughs> All right, Daniel. I don't know what's going on here, but he kind of felt he looked like that Mr. Krabs meme again, where the room is spinning in the background. And he's like, oh, gosh, like the like, it all starts caving in. Um, and that's when I knew, like, oh, gosh, we, we screwed up, we made a mistake here.
0: Yeah, they, they do. However, they deploy a trope here that I don't really love. And the Which trope is. there is the like, oh, your illness is all psychosomatic and you could think your way out of it if you just got past your mental barriers. I hate that. Like just having, have dementia. But like, come on. And I, I do, I, I like that we're using the real tests that they use on people with dementia. Like you have them draw a clock and if they don't know where the numbers are in the clock, this says something about like where their brain is at. But yeah, oh, yeah, you passed all of the tests like with flying colors, but you're like deluding yourself. And it harkens back to Daniel's capacity to delude others. And he's, you know, if you know, the best liars can also lie to themselves and they believe it themselves. But man, that you're just gonna like start, like, you know, you're gonna have Dark Kermit there telling you to do other stuff and acting totally independently of you. And it's all psychosomatic and you could just stop it with your brain. If only you overcame whatever is going on there. I don't love that. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I need something real to be going on.
1: Yeah. Real is nice because, you know, this is, this is a fantasy world, you know, and, uh, we run into a lot of things that, you know, you normally don't run into, you know, brain eating zombies and all that good stuff. And people trying to kill you just because you have, you know, basic necessities. Um, But I do like where The Walking Dead does not stop being the real world as well, you know, like Mm -hmm. where things like dementia can happen, you know, Mm -hmm. like what are we doing when we're walking around with June and she sits down and she's like, you know what, I have the flu, you know, and then we have to address that. Like, okay, let's Mm -hmm. make sure she can survive the flu, you know, like just the basic illnesses that happen. People get hit by cars in real life. People, you know, trees fall on people. There are accidents that happen, you know, that take people out. And The Walking Dead sometimes will address some of those things. But it's been a very long time since we've addressed, like, a normal occurrence in someone's life that could have destroyed them. And dementia is one of those things that tear people apart. And I would appreciate, like, the realism of this could happen to this man. You know, Mm -hmm. he's getting up in age and, you know, he's been through a lot and his mind has we've we've gotten flat, you know, moments of, you know. Moments that will lead us to believe that this is this is something that can is capable of happening to him. And I would much prefer it be like rooted in that, you know, that mm-hmm. this is just this is just a part of Daniel now. As opposed to like, maybe if you take a vacation, go to Laden, you know, yeah. work it out. Yeah, would be fine Lottas,
0: you'll be cool. You'll be right. Yeah,
1: um, just take a breather. You'll be okay. I don't really yeah. I don't like that. Well, and
0: I think the problem I have with it is not necessarily I feel like the right show could make this a thing and they could do it in this nuanced way where we talk about the PTSD and the psyche and how it's damaged and how it can manifest in strange ways like this. But I don't think that's why they wrote it that way. And that's why I say it's not real. Because I think think a better show could make it real. I think this show is making it so that it is all in his head so that he can make it stop being in his head at the opportune time and that they right. can undo it in a snap of their fingers when it's convenient for them to undo it and i think that feels sloppy to me
1: yeah even after this episode like i said i got a good hate into daniel about halfway through and then once mm-hmm. i realized he was got some mental stuff going on i was like okay but he's gonna have to redeem himself in my eyes and that's the perfect moment to redeem yourself right when the world is going to hell and we just we're looking around and we just can't figure it out and then boom daniel he's he's cracked the code he's figured out you know these mental barriers and he's he's now riding in to save the day and yeah you, you're right i don't i don't love that i i, I kind of thought this was a vehicle to get june back yeah. you know like yeah like oh well we, we're gonna need somebody to walk up through his mental blocks, so we got to get june back I'm like well why did she do this like unceremonious walk away like i shot virginia in the, in the face i'm leaving bye and then next episode like i'm back <laughs> like, yeah, I hate that. So
0: she just walks off into the sunset, and like on the other side of the hill, she just gets in a car and like goes to Lawton.
1: Yeah, and then she sits down, she smokes a cigarette. Like, whew, okay, all right, I think I'll go back now. I think I, you know, there's still a baby to deliver. You know, got to check yeah. on my people. I just needed to make. I just needed to take a break. I'm, I'm back and yeah. I'm good now. We don't I'm get any to. of that. Yeah. It's so unrealistic. Like she breaks the one unbreakable rule, right? Kills like the the person who everyone's dying to kill and then she walks away and we're like okay we know she's not coming back because Morgan has put his foot down this person is gone forever at least until it's convenient and then wait nope nope never mind she didn't have to walk away at all she should have shot them she should have shot Virginia and sat down and looked everybody in the face and said now what yeah because that's basically what she did
0: I mean does are we to imply are we to infer from this that Morgan is not going to enforce any of his stupid rules
1: I mean This, we shouldn't believe that he is going to enforce it because, well, one, the June thing, but also this man was ready to like, he was like living and dying and breathing for these people just two episodes ago. Like, he couldn't even imagine a world without these people. And they were trying to, like, Morgan, you barely know these people. This is not your family. You just met them. And he was like, I just got to save my friends. And now all of a sudden he's like, nope, it's my way or the highway. No, Morgan, which one is it? Because a second ago, you were ready to, like, You were ready to burn it all down for us. And now you're like, oh, well, I'm ready to burn it down within reason. You know, we don't
0: see him react to June being there at all. Nope. No, no problem. And it's something I feel like this show does this a lot where there's an inconvenient problem they need to solve. And instead of confronting it, they just time jump like, oh, he worked it out back there. Don't worry about it he had a conversation with her. You don't need to see that conversation. We're good. It's because they don't know how to write it. That's yeah. how I feel about it. And if I don't get that conversation ever, I'm going to be wondering.
1: Right. That's exactly what I want for the next episode. I want, um, uh, like Daniel's gone. So we've had his moment. He can go to London and cool down and all this other stuff, but I want Morgan to be like June. What's up? Like, I got you not to do this thing. You did it. Thanks for coming back. PS, please deliver this baby. But then when you deliver the baby, You still can go, you know, like I really don't want Morgan to be so flighty in his demands because you are trying to be in charge of everybody. And then it seems like you're not really trying to be in charge of everybody. I don't love that. Morgan's in charge, but if you're going to be in charge, be in charge, you know, like don't like make empty threats to people. And then when they don't abide, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry. Like, which one is it? I just don't know if he even knows at this point. It's kind of like, I don't want to say he's picking and choosing who he wants to enforce the rules for, But it's very convenient that June could come right on back. And I'm not sure everybody would have got that same allowance.
0: I mean, it explains why Dakota is allowed to just wander around and sit in on the big people's meetings and no consequences for her. Like she killed your best friend, dude. You're not going to enforce that either. You don't have a problem with
1: that. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guns come up missing and strands instantly in jail, like within three seconds. All right. You're in jail, buddy. What? This girl actually killed someone. And she's just hanging out. and I, But I have to be in jail because you suspect me of a crime? Mm, I don't love that. I don't think the people making decisions should be making the decisions if they're going to make the decisions the way they're making the decisions. So
0: for Strand, we suspend habeas corpus. But for everybody else, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah well, you're all right. You can hang out. Um, yeah, it's it is. It is very troubling. Also, it's real troubling how quickly they got that jail up. Like, they don't have roofs on half their houses, but
1: boy, they got a jail. Woo. You know, people love the prison system. They're going to figure out a way to use it all the time. You want to keep pe- people in jail, but you don't even think that we probably might need to protect ourselves from the zombies. Like, but, you, but I definitely need to lock one of y'all up. I haven't decided which one, but one of y'all is going to piss me off to where I'm going to lock you up. But That's- it's... <laughs> The zombies are fine. They're fine. They're fine attacking us. We can't lock them up. We'll just have to like throw the, the kitchen sink at them.
0: And you know, Rob and I had a lot of problems with the way that they ended the mini series of the stand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm going to spoil a thing. Cause we haven't spoiled a thing in a minute, but All right. nobody's going to watch this anyway, because I feel like if you wanted to watch it, you already did. And if you haven't watched it yet, PS, you don't want it. Cause it was terrible. But <laughs> one of the major plot points is they've rebuilt this town. And then they build the jail and somebody gets upset because she's like, oh, well, now you have the jail. you got to put somebody in it. And now you've got all the problems of society coming back in because you're going to be looking for people to put in that jail. And I can't deal with that and I'm going to leave. And we laughed at that at the time, but that's exactly what's happening here. They built a jail to put somebody in. And now it's like, is that the place you really want to be, the place where they built the jail before they even needed it?
1: Yeah, while wow. people who actively murder people are just wandering around. Yeah, it's like, Wait, what do you, you gotta got do somebody? to get in that jail? <laughs> right. Well, obviously, be stranded. If you're stranded, you can go to jail, and guess who gets to decide? Daniel. He just gets to wake up one day and say, "You know what? Don't trust you. You can go. You broke the rule. You you have a gun. It's like, well, I haven't shot anybody in the like in the face recently. You know, I haven't killed anybody. June ain't in jail." Yeah. Why, why why can June just wander back in? Why, why can at June what point, shoot people in the face? <laughs> right. At what point does like Morgan like tap her on the show, like, hey, uh, June, um you know, since Daniel's not in the cell anymore, could you just go in and take a seat? Just 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 hang out there. Just I mean you're not under arrest per se, but you did kind of break my only rule and it's either go in there or get out. So just let me know what you decide. Sorry. Also deliver this baby for me, please. Yeah. Deliver this baby and then go to jail. Directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred
0: dollars <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I think June might be living at the Victor compound. She might be with them at Lawton. Um, and then she just came back, like, with the Calvary, to have this board meeting. But I, I, if I was June, that's what I would do. I, I probably wouldn't even come back to deliver the baby or do any of this stuff. But it sure seems to me like I would definitely not be living at Morgantown.
1: Yeah, Morgantown doesn't seem great. Um, Mm -mm. One of my favorite lines of the episode was when Daniel says, like, they're all arguing about how each of them has betrayed each other. And Daniel says, we are not going to rehash the past. And I was thinking, yes, the hell we are. What are you talking (laughs) about? Like, There is no reason why we should be able to live with each other without talking about the very things that makes it impossible for us to live with each other. You have to air it out. And it's funny because Daniel's past ended up being the thing that was driving all the chaos right now. You know, him having these hallucinations and things of that nature that have happened before when he's burning down hotels. he's like, he's the one beating the drum the loudest. Like, we're not doing this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we are. Sorry. Whether you like it or not, you can't stop us.
0: Yeah, it is, it is very ironic that this is the Fear the Walking Dead episode that has delved the deepest into the past in probably ever. I don't remember any other previous episode of Fear the Walking Dead even caring that other stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got, you got two child murders wandering around as we've said many times in the past. Yeah. And, and yet we're now gonna, now the past matters all of a sudden.
1: And the child murderers have risen through the ranks of like whatever the chain of command is very quickly. You know when Daniel's like, all right, somebody stole the guns, and I need to figure out who it is. Who can I trust? Charlie, you go look through people's bags, really? Charlie's who you pick? Was there no? Was Al busy? Like wh- wh- where were you? Why why Charlie? And then when they find Charlie going through people's bags the guy is rightfully like hello this person can be trusted but also they're digging through my stuff you have some nerve digging through my stuff child murderer i just don't understand why these particular like individuals these little kids have gotten to the point where like daniel's like okay i can't trust anybody here except you two because you two have proven to be untrustworthy the most (laughs) so now i'm going to dispatch you to do my work my dirty work my bidding
0: yeah, it's the worst excuse ever, too. Like Charlie's like going through the guy's stuff, and 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 she's like, "Oh, I thought this was Dwight's tent. Oh, you mean Dwight that lives here? Like, why does yep. he need a tent?
1: And why would you be going through it still? Like, yeah. did he send you to come go through his stuff? Because that that's doesn't make any sense. Still weird. Yeah, yep. still weird. Uh, and yeah, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about when I'm when I'm saying like someone could just lead with an iron fist and there's nothing to check them. That. Daniel did that, and everybody's like, well, Daniel's out here checking people's bags. Who is Daniel? Why does he get to do that? And why do y'all all all trust him? There is a reason to trust him from a viewer perspective, because we know Daniel's not Mm -hmm. out here, like, screwing these people over. But if you're Sherry, you got to be looking at Daniel like, well, I mean, you're accusing me. Shouldn't I be accusing you with the same type of, like, fever and, like, you know, enthusiasm? Because you're going through people's stuff. Who deemed you the king of the world?
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to trust you just because your number's higher on the call sheet? It's it's really it it is a problem that this show has had in the past where they assume that other characters are going to behave a certain way because of how the audience has reacted to them or how the audience is expected to react to them. And the Mm -hmm. audience has information, obviously, that these people don't. And people should be getting a lot madder about a lot of the stuff that happened this episode. And it's like they're going to give them a free pass because they assume they've been watching the show, too. Like they didn't get yeah. to go in the SWAT van and watch the tapes with Al. Nobody <laughs> did. We were saying the world would be a lot better if it did.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Just even with knowing what happened from our point of view, we can identify that each of these people have reasons not to uh trust mm-hmm. each other. But with them, with their limited knowledge, they too have realized, like, hey, we can't trust each other. It's just that the show kind of leads us to like, well, eventually they'll come to their senses and trust the right people. Why? At what point, like Okay, give Daniel a pass. Maybe he has dementia or something, right? What's Morgan's excuse? Morgan, <laughs> you like what do you, what do you got going on to where we should all be like, you know, like I think at the end of the day, we should all like just, like we're all around the water cooler, like, man, that's a, that sucks that happened to Daniel. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, I I had a family member kind of go through that same thing. Yeah, it's wild. Mental health is, is crazy. Right, well, I hope he gets the things he deserves. Well, you know, June's here, so you know I'm I'm sure he'll get some help did you did you did you love how morgan was treating everybody no i don't really like that i don't think i i'm okay with this it's like well it's morgan we can trust him like can we because he's kind of doing things that don't really align with what we talked about like at some point the like counter uh like the counter strike should be like like the uprising should happen like there should be like an underground faction that's like just in case morgan gets out of line let's just have some type of you know set up mm-hmm. just in case because even if you did trust him completely. After this episode, you shouldn't. Mm-mm.
0: Mm-mm. You need checks and balances, basically. Exactly.
1: And I guess that's
0: maybe why we have multiple, multiple settlements and why Morgan couldn't convince everybody to come live at his new place. It's like, no, I think I'll stay where I am. Um, I'm just going to see how this shakes out. Like s- test your leadership skills a little bit before I make the decision. I think that's fair. But yeah, after this, I, I think well, I think here's the problem. Here's what's going to happen next week. We saw the scenes for next week. They're going underground. They're going to go find the guys. And it's like, this is the big threat that everybody's afraid of. This is the threat that's coming. That's worse than Ginny, And it's going to get us all in yada, 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 even though we haven't seen them do anything bad for five episodes. So why do we care? The big, bad threat is going to come in. And Morgan's very good in a crisis. He's like a George W. Bush figure where Everybody's going to rally around him because they have a common enemy. And you know what? I didn't love it
1: then. and I don't love it now. Right. They'll look back five years from then and then be like, you know what? That Morgan, despite all the crap he put us through, he wasn't that bad. And then you and I are going to be in the background like, oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. But he was all you had. And so you were fine with that because he rose to the occasion. But we are not. As the viewers, we are saying that you guys should love yourself more. You guys should like you dropped your crowns on the ground, pick them up, and put them on your head because you are kings and queens, and you do not deserve this kind of treatment um but you're right, Morgan will do what Morgan does, which is like the light switch will go off, and he will become a killing machine again, but for the right reasons, and he will you know do what needs to do, to be done to save them in that moment. But I'm I'm kinda now I'm a little skeptical of if this big bad is even as big and bad as we think it could be. Yeah. Like Virginia's Virginia sucks, right? Uh Negan is horrible. Like Alpha, horrible. I'm trying like are we are we trying to like like is this the next level up? Is this the biggest bad? Like is this the one that we should be worried about? <laughs> and if it is, why are you searching it out? Like why are you going to find it? This could be better than the baddest. Virginia was afraid of it, and y'all were afraid of Virginia, so you know through transference, you should know that you will be equally afraid, if not more afraid, than whatever this big bad is. So why are you going after it?
0: Yeah, I mean, Chappelle, we we all know there's no such thing as the one. And if you Mm -hmm. go chasing the one, you're going to end up disappointed. I'm already disappointed. I don't care. Like, these guys, I don't know what these guys would possibly do. I think they're trying to insinuate they got nukes, or they're looking for a key to nukes or something. I don't care. I Like, Okay. They, yeah. they they seem like normal guys they don't they're not like eating faces or anything. Show me some face eating people, and then we'll talk,
1: yeah, and then them having nukes that's an interesting like prospect because i mean ca they unless they have a death wish nuking you, it doesn't seem like that well, would be beneficial for them I mean. They that's too what be I newt. think.
0: That's what I think they're the whole thing. Like the one time we found somebody from these guys, she like killed herself before she could tell them anything. And they yeah. keep painting the end as the beginning. So I think maybe they're like a death cult and they just want to blow everybody up. But yeah. again,
1: like but- that's not scary. That's just dumb. Right or maybe they have the bunker. Maybe that's what's underground. Right, like they have like the bomb shelter. And like if we nuke everything, mm. with, they're they're in Texas, right? Like they said Dallas. So like yeah. I'm assuming there's somewhere near Texas. Um, Dallas is everywhere, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming there's one near they're, they're in Texas. Yeah, I'm they like, maybe Texas. they're like yeah, maybe they're like we're going down underground and we're gonna like strategically plant these nukes and then when we come up, the zombies are gonna be gone, the people are gonna be gone, and we're gonna repopulate the world. And that actually is kind of interesting. Oh, that's actually.
0: That's the best system. Like you know, we said we said Negan was running things pretty decently. He had a good system going. Yep. This is better. I like this idea. This is pretty good. This is some like District Thirteen stuff.
1: Yeah, protect yourselves. It. Yeah, and then burn everything to the ground because when you come up, then you don't have to worry about the zombies. But you also you also don't have to worry about the human threat, right? Um, now it's probably going to be hard to find resources, but it's probably not impossible. And if you are hoarding resources as we you know right now, you know in this time where they're looking for them, they might have all they need down there to repopulate like their own little uh like community almost and so when they come up, they're like okay let's start let's start from scratch. We have a couple couples down here, they're gonna have kids, and we're just gonna start you know start anew and I think that's that's probably the most solid plan because to this point, everybody's just been like eventually the zombies will either you will die." Or you will live the rest of your life in a zombie apocalypse. And nuking everything would we'll kind of say, hey, no, we don't. We're not gonna live our life in a zombie apocalypse. That's over with it. We did, we we got rid of that. This is the best thing anybody's this is the best solution to the zombie apocalypse anybody's ever come up with, Chappelle.
0: <laughs> we are we are working miracles here on this program. That's amazing.
1: You're right. I've always I've always wondered how it was gonna end. You know, like how does the show end? And does it end with us just being like, wow, the Walking Dead was really good? It's a shame they couldn't figure out how to get rid of those zombies. <laughs> but now it's kind of like, now we have a plan. We don't have yeah. a, a cure, but let's just blow it all up. Yeah, you, you solved it. Wow, our work here is done, man. Huh? No. no Sick
0: of well, fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they come up with, it's not going to be half as good as that.
1: Unless it's that. Unless it's that.
0: i have I, I'm laying bets now I'm taking the field
1: it's not that it's something it's else it's definitely not that it's going to yeah. disappoint me and I'm going to be like this is a stupid plan my plan isn't great don't get me wrong but I mean what else do you got to lose with my plan right go underground blow everything else up come up and live but you know <laughs> I'm sure there are uh or at least look at least if we're going to die because we run out of resources and stuff like that at least we didn't die in a zombie apocalypse yeah you know beats, beats the
0: hell out of alpha whatever the hell alpha was doing it's better than that and whatever the hell the vultures are doing it's better than that definitely yeah. better than Jenny. Yeah, you're you're solving problems here.
1: This is great. I mean, we're just trying. We're just workshopping some things. You know, throwing stuff, see whatever sticks. We we never know where the show is going enough for my liking. Mm -hmm. You know, like right now, right, right now. I think you know within the last episode, they should have been leading us to the big bad, or leading the big bad to us, or alluding Mm -hmm. to the big bad, like 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 coming closer and like you know enclosing on us. But instead, we get like oh, let's go find the big bad. Why do y'all think y'all are equipped to go do this thing that was terrifying in Virginia? And she has way more resources or did at the time than you do. Um, still not quite sure, but the show isn't giving us that. The show is just like telling us it's happening, right? The show isn't setting the tone for this big bad. It's more just like saying like, oh, okay, we'll go find. Like this might not even be a big bad. This just might be like a, like the mini boss before the big boss that we don't even know exists yet. Because there's no reason why we should be as fr- afraid of this big boss as we are and still be pursuing it at the same time. It just yeah. it seems a little backwards.
0: Why does there even have to be a big boss? Maybe there isn't a big boss. Maybe you're, maybe the big boss is in your mind, like you're all Daniel. And the big boss is, you know, you are the, the true big boss of the friends you make along the way. What you
1: made along the way, yeah. Um, I'm okay with that now. <laughs> and maybe Morgan being somebody's friend that you made along the way, maybe Morgan's the big boss.
0: Maybe. Like maybe this whole, whole thing is leading up to, oh, Morgan's really bad. Let's just kill him. And then yeah, Mor- repopulate Earth after that. Yeah.
1: I mean, he is kind of tyrannical right now. Um uh-huh. uh, behind this baby that is not his, but <laughs> he is like he is in it to win it. And so maybe they start looking up and saying, you know, Morgan I think it was what? Uh we gotta spoil something else. I think it was scandal. Like <laughs> the whole first so I'm spoiling Scandal for all you scandal not a lot of listeners. Or uh, Not watchers or whatever. Look, the whole first few seasons of Scandal is like, Olivia Pope is helping people fight, like, figure out their way out of these situation. She's a fixer. By the last season, Olivia Pope is the one who knocks. And, <laughs> you know, what if we get to the last season and it's like, oh no, it's Morgan. It was Morgan all along. And now we have to turn on the person who has been, you know, providing and governing us this entire time similar to the governor, you know? So maybe Morgan's our next iteration of bad guy. Yeah, I
0: I think I would like that. I think that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Which is the show a one hundred percent guarantee that that is not what's going to happen.
1: We're always wrong. We we just have better ideas sometimes. A yeah,
0: lot, you know? a lot of the time. But <laughs> yeah. honestly, it's it's my one true joy, and I feel like it's very freeing to be honest to know that I'm coming into a show that every theory I have about it. Is going to be wrong. And the true joy in it. Is finding ex- out exactly how wrong I am. And what I'm wrong about. Because it's usually very wrong about everything. And I know I'm never going to be right. About what's going to happen next on this show. And I just. I feel like that. That frees me up to have so many interesting thoughts. And
1: insights. Mm-hmm. It gives you so many more layers. To think about with the yeah. show. You know. Yeah, um, the, You know the MCU kind of does this as well and that like the marvel cinematic universe will have like they have source material right so there are comics that we know certain characters that are coming up this that other and then when you go and you start thinking about the show it leads you down so many paths like oh what if this person shows up what if this person shows up or what mm-hmm. if this is the next monster or what if they're mutants is this telling you that there's going to be mutants did you see the cutscene? what if howard the duck shows up it gives <laughs> you all of those paths to go down and then it says no we're just gonna do this and you're like oh Okay. And then you do it all over again when the next movie happens. Like, is this person going to be there? Is this person going to be here? Well, we know this is going to happen, but what's going to happen here? And I know there was a lot of that in division. There was a lot of that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and there'll be a lot of that moving forward. And that's part of the fun. I think the part that's frustrating about the MCU is that the source material is so specific that you know where this should go. And then when it doesn't go there, you're kind of disappointed. I think with The Walking Dead, we've gotten so far away from like the original source material because they have so many iterations of The Walking Dead that... They can do what they want, and it doesn't really offend you. It's not Mm -hmm. like, oh my god, like, in the comics, it was like, this is like, okay, yeah, in the comics it's like this, but, you know, we got away from that a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it's it's supposed to happen this way, and you were supposed to, and Mm -hmm. no. It's, and this is actually, Fear the Walking Dead has always been the sandbox for, well, we wanted to do this on The Walking Dead, but we didn't think it really would lead us in the right direction, so what if Yeah, what if this happened? What if, you know, what if we murdered Negan on day one? And what if, you know, what if Morgan showed up and we let Morgan run everything? And, you know, Rick Grimes knew that was not a good idea. And now we get to find out why not?
1: Yeah, which is a fun way of looking at it because Rick is held in high regard by many of the Walking Dead fans as somebody who knew what was going on. I didn't love Rick, not gonna Mm -hmm. lie. You know, not I didn't like the same way I feel about Morgan is how I feel about Rick. Like, you, yeah, Rick, you made a lot of decisions for everybody, and I'm not a fan of all of them. And also, why do you get to be in charge? Um, but since he's held in such high regard, it is fascinating to look at, you know, well, this is one of the things he thought and felt strongly about that Morgan should not be in charge. And now we get to see why. So it's kind of like it's almost paying homage to the memory of Rick. Like, hey, Rick said it, and now you get to see why.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. So Chappelle, is there anything else we need to analyze about this episode? Any other points you want to make things you want to notice?
1: Uh, I don't know if we got to analyze anything, but there was a couple very funny moments to me. I laughed really loud when um, they were looking for um, Grace and uh, Charlie and they're like radioing her like, you know, Grace, Grace, where are you? Grace, where are you? Come back, Grace, come back, Grace. And I'm like, you know, she's probably in labor. So she's probably not answered. She's probably not going to answer the phone, you guys. Uh a little busy here. I, yeah, she's a little busy. I'm like, but well, where did she go? I told her to be right here. It's like, uh, yeah, having a baby. Leave me alone. Uh, of course, she was not having a baby yet. But my mind could not stop going there. Like, stop calling this woman. She's having a moment. She's struggling right now. She told you not to send her off into the wilderness. You did it anyway. Like, you know, like maybe stop blowing up her phone. I think another funny part I uh, was. Um, yeah, well, I, I tell you, I definitely laughed at like you know Morgan in the map thing because I I mm. really thought that he was telling the truth and I I, <laughs> I yelled, I I had a good belly laugh at that because I was like I was not like expecting that map to have circled the wrong landmark on it like that was like incredible to me. <laughs> and it's just like oops, was, my bad. Yeah, there was like a few errors of the people in the episode that just made me laugh. It was it was it wasn't it was a fun episode, right? Like it was like if it wasn't Morgan and we actually had a traitor amongst us, it would have been a great kind of whodunit episode, like the John mm-hmm. Dory episode, you know? Like, we're interrogating everybody. We're having our 12 Angry Men moment mm-hmm. at the at the jury table. We're talking about it. We're trying to figure out who it is. And then, boom, we find out it was Al all along or something like that. Like, it was fun to think I was going to get there. It just took a kind of a dark turn, you know, in a dark sh- show like this. But, you know, the 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 memory loss kind of thing is... It was hard to to know to, to kind of watch that in the midst of an episode that could have given you so much um drama. It kind of ended up in like kind of like almost a somber tone.
0: Yeah, it, and it is it is weird and ironic that the guy who spent most of the first half of the season faking memory loss now actually has memory loss. It's like it's very Shyamalan esque. That is a mm. twist. Yeah, that is a twist, and it definitely once again this show. Is always going to subvert your expectations. Whether yeah. it whether it you know exceeds them is another question, but definitely what you expect is going to happen is one hundred percent not what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, was this a good episode to you? You feel like this was a good like like if good is an actual unit of measurement, was this good?
0: Uh, I don't think I can use one measurement. I don't have one metric of good. I think. Yeah. I think there are some great moments of dialogue. I thought it was extraordinarily well-acted. Like, Reuben Blades is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been amazing, and it's kind of wild to me that he's not, like, actor is not his main gig. And yet he comes in here and, like, acts the pants off of everything he does. Uh, I think there's interesting set pieces. I, I liked the interactions between the people. Was it a good episode? No. I, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I I don't think... Yeah, not a whole lot happened and the stuff that did happen kind of beggared belief so no not a good episode how about you chappelle good episode not a good episode
1: yeah i'll go with not a good episode only because i gave such like a binary decision like is it good or not mm-hmm. um because i would say it was fine it's fine you know oh, i'm not right. i'm not complaining it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen in the walking dead we very like We've talked about that ad nauseum. That that was definitely the things that we saw in The Walking Dead proper this last season. There were some moments where I was like, uh, "What's happening here? And why are you forcing us to watch it?" But no, this was fine. So no, not good, but just no. It was it was it was presentable. It was a thing that happened. Um, oh, that's what the funny thing I was trying to think of. It was the paint buckets. Oh, that's what yeah. they used to kill. That's what they used like, to kill the, the zombies. <laughs> yeah. I yelled. I thought that was so funny. Between the paint buckets and the like, have a seat, throws the chair at them. I am like, what is happening? How did we get here? And why are y'all allowing this to happen? Is, is this unintentionally funny? Or was that, was, was your goal to make me laugh? Because I definitely laughed.
0: Oh, no, you know, someone in the writer's room was like, um, what if, what if then there were paint buckets? What if we killed the zombies with paint buckets? And everyone else in the room is like, God, can we just let him kill the zombies with paint buckets one time so he'll <laughs> stop going off
1: about it? Right. Like, would I want to throw the kitchen chair at him? Like, okay, fine, throw the chair. Like, okay, cool, thanks.
0: Yeah, we'll just hide it in an episode of season six where nobody's paying attention and Mm. it doesn't have anything to do with the bigger plot. Then, you know, that mollifies the one person that feels this is important. And (laughs) yeah, I I had one final thought for you, Chappelle. I wanted to get your thoughts. Did you see Coleman Domingo's Oscars outfit?
1: I did not. Google Should that I up right now. You? Go look, oh, up, I
0: am. look up Coleman Domingo Oscars. You got to see this; it's amazing. Okay, cool.
1: Did you enjoy the Oscars? I didn't watch them. I I saw. <laughs> <it>. Yes, <laughs> I did see this because there was there was like someone did like a a, a montage because of this, like a collage yeah. of all like the black people who had worn like hot pink over and like on the red carpet, and uh,
0: yeah, it's uh, amazing. He looks so good.
1: Yeah, it's an incredible suit. Like it's incredible. Um, but man, like you only wear this one time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what yeah. if he? What if he tried to wear this to the next awards ceremony? Like you cannot. But you can never go back to this. Well, like you've maxed out your magenta. Like, like your uh, magi- magenta color his, for like a lifetime.
0: What if his cousin gets married next week and he shows up to the wedding wearing that?
1: What if the what if the wedding colors are literally magenta and like magenta? Yeah, or like,
0: yeah. hey, we want we want you to be a groomsman and
1: our wedding colors are magenta. Like, could he wear it then? I just feel like you have to no, no, because for- unless you're the unless you're the groom, you can't come out like that. Because he shut it down. I'm not even sure how you color match something like that. Like, wh- who made? Like, I'm sure there's some like fancy designer who made this, but like for someone like me. There's no way I'm gonna find a magenta that match the magenta to fi- the match the magenta with the magenta. Like needs magenta from from head to toe, and it's it's very impressive. I v- I very much enjoy looking at this.
0: Yeah, I it, it just made me so happy to see it. It's just so so affirming. I feel like all the Oscar looks this year were very like bright and happy and affirming because people are happy to be out. But I am I'm so happy he did this, man. Like this is this is the best thing I've ever seen anybody wear on the Oscars red carpet.
1: Yeah, I'm not like a designer type person. I can never afford any of these people ever. But if there was ever a case to be made that I need to buy a Versace suit, this did it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. 100%.
1: Points were made. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, it was a Versace commercial and this one
1: worked. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yes. So, yeah, this is. is this, this was it.
0: This is it. <laughs> uh, Chappelle, what will you not be wearing a Versace suit to this week? Anything um, else going on?
1: Well, you know, we have the reality TV rewind, which I come on here and talk about every week. Mm-hmm. Um last week we had a good uh strong panel to discuss MTV Cribs. Time of my life. It was so much fun. But this week I decided to dive into the 90s for a reality television show. And uh I reached out to the Shit 90s shows taught me podcast um coach like team of Jess Sterling and Sarah Ferguson, and they're gonna talk to me about um I guess Bravo recently took it, but I want to say it was an NBC show at one point, but it's Blind Date. Uh Whoa. with, with the host Roger Lodge. Yes. <laughs> and um um between you and I and the listeners, been hard, trying to I've been having a hard time trying to find a good episode. Not to say that they're not all incredible, but I got to find the perfect one because there have been some epic moments on Blind Date. I watched way too much of it before I was 13 years old. I will say that with all confidence. And so I am looking for some very specific things on my Blind Date episode. And um yeah, it's just taking me a little bit longer to kind of investigate what one I want to present to Rob on uh Thursday when we record. So yeah, that's the big one coming up. Um other than that, just waiting to talk to you guys again, you and Josh. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Uh but yeah, there will be no pink Versace suit on this blind date, um especially in the 90s. I feel like a Versace suit in the 90s doesn't look the same as one in 2021, especially a hot pink one,
0: you know? I mean, Versace was pretty was pretty big back in the day. Um
1: yeah. And
0: that was like the whole thing like was that in the 90s when when the Versace guy got murdered. I
1: oh, think, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, 90s nineties, hot pink is a lot, like, more like Saved by the Bell aesthetic, mm, you yeah. know? Yeah, whereas, like, this was, like, a very, like, you know, polished look. And so, uh, yeah, I think, I'm sure I won't be wearing the Versace suit. Uh, to, to, When I talk to Rob, he's not a formal guy, you know? No. So we'll, we'll try to keep it cash. But I think I have a, a, a fuchsia shirt. Or a magenta shirt? Or I think you should a wearing. Shirt. I think I will, you know, so uh, we'll see. But that's all I got coming up. What about you?
0: Um, well, aside from this, I do have one other thing going on this week and I'm pretty jazzed about it actually because mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be recording an episode of the Extra Hot Great podcast, which is outside mm-hmm. of our orbit, but it is a podcast that I have listened to since its ex- inception. And I always thought it's like a bucket list item and you know, I've worked with the hosts of the podcast a few times, like I've written for their websites and I've thought, oh, it'd be awesome if someday I could be on the extra hot podcast. And then they'd, then something would happen where they'd be like, okay, and then next week our guest is going to be Diablo Cody. And I'm like, well, I'm not in that orbit. I can't, I, it would be an idiot to tell them that I want to be a guest on it. But nope, this week I'm stepping in and I'm going to be talking about the new reality show on Hulu called Exposure, which is mm-hmm. a photography competition show about, um, in which the professional photographers are instructed to shoot with Samsung cell phones. And I watched an episode of it. It's, it's a trip. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, we're going to be watching an episode of community and talking about that. It's, we're going to be playing some games. It's a really fun podcast. And it's weird that the Venn diagram of people who listen to the post-show recaps and people who listen to the extra hot great. It's a slimmer, it's a slimmer sliver than you thought. So mm. I recommend people that are generalist tv enthusiasts this is a great podcast and you can check them out just search up extra hot great in your podcaster and you can a good entry point will be the episode with me
1: oh yeah you look you tell me you're going to be on a podcast and i'm going to listen unless we're talking about the stand in which case i did not listen but (laughs) but i definitely want to go check out the (laughs) the extra Hot great podcast and find out what happens on the canon and all this other good stuff yeah yeah i'll be checking it out just let me know when it drops
0: I certainly will. It usually drops on Wednesdays, so they have a tight turnaround, and I'm I'm very excited to be doing that tomorrow. And other than that, I think that's about it for us. Uh, check us out on Post show Recaps. You can leave us feedback on the page for the episode on com. You can tweet at us. You can reach me at HaymakerHattie. And Chappelle, where can they reach you?
1: At Chappelle's underscore show. C h a p p e l s underscore show on yeah,
0: Twitter. He- on Twitter. And you can also email us, twd at postshowrecaps.com. We love getting your feedback. And, of course, we love it when you go on postshowrecaps.com and check out everything else that's going on. They're watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mike Bloom and Angela Bloom are watching The X-Files, selected episodes from the classic X-Files library. Uh, Josh Wigler and Mike Bloom are re-watching Lost, and they are just wrapping Season 4. Josh and Zed are playing Final Fantasy. It's a really fun time. Uh, so many shows happening out there. And of course, we would invite you also to participate in our Patreon program. Go to postyourrecaps.com slash patron or patreon.com slash recaps for all the details on the cool stuff that brings you. And that brings us to the end of our episode. So thank you once again, Chappelle, for sitting through this with me. I would put you in charge of my post-apocalyptic town well before Morgan.
1: Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes.
0: Thanks to all the Witsners, and we'll see you next week.